Okay, we're here talking today with Professor Harry Rudder, who's a Senior Clinical Research Fellow at London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, as well as being the Senior Strategic Advisor on Obesity to Public Health England, as well as various other roles. Thanks very much for talking with us today. No trouble. <laughs> Thanks. Um, today we want to talk about, a bit about the National Obesity Observatory, which was set up about 10 years ago under your directorship. Um, it's been more recently uh, shifted under what is now Public Health England, but we'd just like to get a sense of where uh, the preservatory came from in terms of its priorities and its work, and then uh, how that work's being taken forward now. So I think if we could take you back about 10 years, uh, I think at the time, around 2005, 2006, you were Deputy Director of Southeast Public Health Observatory. Um, so if you could just talk a little bit about what sort of um, work and focus on obesity was happening around that time that led to the formation of the Obesity Observatory. Thank you. Uh, it's a long time ago now. Um, so back then was really, we'd known about obesity for a while, but it was really the first time it started to pick up as a major policy issue. Um, there was uh, existing work to set up a national child obesity surveillance system, which was uh, initially called the NCOD, National Child Obesity Database. Um, I was involved in that. Um, I came in fairly late because of staff changes, um, but I, I, I then became involved in, in that process. And uh, because of my role in the Public Health Observatory, where we had expertise on data analysis and interpretation, um, we were asked to write the report, uh, analysing and presenting the data from the first year of what was the National Child Obesity Database. Mm -hmm. um, that was quite difficult because the response rate had been very good in some places, but the average across the country was below about 50%. Um, and with a response rate that low, there wasn't a lot we could say about the pattern of obesity um, around the country, um, other than actually being able to show that the higher the response rate, the higher the prevalence, which suggested we were getting some differential opting out by heavier children or their parents. Um, so, so it... We wrote a report, um, presented it to the Department of Health, um, and one of our conclusions was that you really need a response rate of at least 80%, really higher than that, before you can start to say anything um, robust about what one has found with the data. Mm -hmm. um, so I then got asked to fix the problem uh, with a bunch of colleagues, and uh, we had a very, very intensive period in uh, 2007, early 2007. Uh, I'll need to check that, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, uh, early 2007, where we um, did a lot of visits around the country. We spoke to a lot of people. We consulted at great length. We spent a lot of time talking to... Uh, lawyers about consent issues, about data privacy and confidentiality, uh, and the ethical issues around all this, and ended up uh, producing guidance in time for the summer term, so that uh, what we had now renamed the National Child Measurement Programme, because it wasn't only looking at obesity, it was looking at underweight and normal weight mm -hmm. and uh, overweight as well as obesity, um, uh, we set up the National Child Measurement Programme and um, managed to get a response rate of 80% in that first year. Uh, alongside this, uh, because of my heavy involvement in the obesity work, um, I also um, became involved in the Foresight Project on Obesity, 
or obesities as it was known um, and that was uh, it was a fantastic privilege it was an extraordinary project uh, working with some really great people and as the Foresight project came to a close it became increasingly apparent that this amazing resource um, led by you know coordinated by the Foresight team um, would produce a report that would provide advice and guidance to government but then of course the Foresight team would move on to something else that's what they do and actually there was a, a great need for an ongoing resource that could be a dispassionate third-party uh, observer, a one-stop shop for people working in policy or at local level at the time it was primary care trusts or elsewhere to come to to get uh, objective uh, data and evidence around this problem of obesity, diet, physical activity. Okay. So it sounds like in those first few years, certainly the National Child Measurement Program was a strong focus and really mm -hmm. getting to grips with um, increasing the data quality and understanding that data set. Um, but it sounds like the remit of the National Obesity Observatory went much wider than that. So uh, could you comment a little bit more on some of the other um, aspects of obesity that you were looking at through the observatory? Sure. Um, I, I mean, we, we had the name National Obesity Observatory and, and perhaps it was the wrong name because our focus definitely wasn't only on obesity. Um, we were looking at really the drivers of weight status um, across the piece. Um, lots of um, uh, work to get to grips with um, measurement, uh, analysis, the epidemiology, but also the policy factors and the policy responses to um, people's diets and physical activity. Um, but clearly also a big focus on inequalities uh, on uh, other cross-cutting issues such as that. As time went on, um, it became increasingly apparent that there was um, demand um, that needed to be met to support people with evaluating interventions. Mm -hmm. and we had a major work stream on evaluation and built some standard evaluation frameworks. Um, there were lots of questions about the economics of obesity and its responses, so we did some economics work. Um, and produced a cost-effectiveness tool. So, yes, the NCMP was uh, analysing and interpreting and publishing results of the NCMP was a major part of what we did, but uh, there were all sorts of other things as well. And could you talk a bit about how you were able to translate the data and the evidence base that you were gathering into policy? Um, was there a scope for direct engagement with policymakers and really making sure that that knowledge uh, got across to people who were making decisions about obesity strategies? Uh, very much so. And we worked very, very closely with the Department of Health. The observatory was within the NHS. It wasn't part of the Department of Health, but um, we worked extremely closely with them. I had weekly phone calls with colleagues there. We'd have regular meetings. They led our uh, steering group. They were our commissioners. Um, and um, much of what we did was designed to support the policy-making process. So we would, we would write reports and we would produce analyses of data to feed into um, the actions of DH, PHE, Public Health England, hadn't been formed at that stage. So that, that was the organisation to deal with. But they were not our only audience. We also, very, very importantly, had uh, an audience at local level through primary care trusts, at regional level through um, regional... Um, uh, public health groups um, 
so so we had um, we 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 sort of sat outside that system, but very much a part of it, and we were looking at local, regional, and national level, learning from each of those levels uh, about what it was, what the demand was, what their needs were, how we could support them, doing our best within the resources we had to to meet those needs, um, and very much having a collaborative co-production approach with those people. Um, there were other routes in. Uh, I mean, there was a national expert advisory group on obesity mm-hmm. that had come uh, in the follow-up from the Foresight Project, and I sat on that expert advisory group. Um, and and a, a number of other mechanisms by which we would uh, we would feed into and support the policy process. Well, I can certainly see the links between uh, what was coming out of the Foresight Project and then the direction that the National Obesity Observatory mm-hmm. took, and that it sounds like you're taking very much a system-wide approach, trying to look across from the national to the regional and linking up with the local level to understand mm-hmm. how all of those would affect each mm-hmm. other. Um, getting back to the specifics from of the work with the National Child Measurement Program, uh, this is work that's still ongoing. It's now been nearly 10 years' worth of, of data collected mm-hmm. on that. It's very well established. So I wonder if you could just comment again on that. Um, why is it important to capture this kind of data, and what's the role of obesity measurement for obesity policy? Um. I think, uh, so I'm no longer closely involved in the NCMP. I've got a very different role now. I'm primarily an academic. Um, so I'm not uh, involved in the day-to-day running or use of the NCMP at all. But understanding the progression of uh, the epidemic of obesity, understanding uh, what is happening, how things are changing, where things are changing, uh, can all help us to see uh, what what is or might be making a difference. Um, I think the, um, the scale of the NCMP allows us to do things that are simply not possible with um, smaller data sets. So we've been able to unpick some of the major problems with inequalities. There's a very, very strong association between obesity and deprivation. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done but we're starting to grapple with some of the challenges around the measurement and definitions of obesity in children, particularly across different ethnic groups. And um, that's, I think, there's still a lot to do, but I think there's a lot, um, there's learning that we can get from a database like the NCMP that will help us to uh, really tackle some of these major social challenges that we've got. But I think there's another function which I don't have any hard evidence for, but it strikes me that there's a a sense in which the NCMP is also, to some extent, a system-level intervention itself. So uh, it is part of the problem of uh, overweight... um, excessive overweight um, becoming part of the discourse becoming part of the dialogue um, and I think there are it's it's not unproblematic but uh, the existence of a measurement programme gets this problem onto people's agendas and flags it up and potentially is one of the drivers of the levelling off of prevalence we're seeing in some areas and in some social groups.
So certainly we know that um, the NCMP is still going forward. Um, just to talk a little bit about where things are going now. Several years ago, Public Health England was formed, so the National Obesity Observatory doesn't exist as its own mm-hmm. entity now, but some of the people who were working with you um, in the Obesity Observatory are now working within Public Health England. Could you say a little bit about how Public Health England is taking the work that you were doing? Um. So I'm, I'm in a very different role. I'm no longer director of the observatory. I now have a primarily academic post. Um, but the old obesity observatory team, along with all other um, public health observatories, um, moved into Public Health England when that was established a couple of years ago. And, and the work is continuing. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all still taking place. Uh, the structures may be different, but the work is still there. And uh, they're doing fantastic work, um, not just with the NCMP, as you've talked about, but the, 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 the breadth of activities. And I, I think there are opportunities now that we didn't have before to provide uh, a more integrated approach across different streams. So there is a separate physical activity team, mm-hmm. for example, within PHE and the the old obesity observatory team is working closely with them with the diet and nutrition team and the collective resource is much bigger and has um, you know is able to do much more than we previously were uh, at the same time the changes to the public health system moved public health from PCTs which no longer exist into local authorities and again I think that presents a fantastic set of opportunities to move away from a more health service and um, commissioning focus to something that is, it's not that it didn't happen before, but it is now better, the system is better able to address uh, wider determinants of health, work across the sectors within local government, transport, housing, environmental health officers, a whole load of uh, leisure, sport, a whole load of things, uh, education, uh, and um, have a much wider influence. So I think... Um, yeah, there's, there's still a few things to work out, uh, to iron out, but overall I think the, the structure of the observatory team is different, uh, the structures within it sits are different, but the opportunities are much greater. Well, thank you very much for talking us through the work that you had done with National Obesity Observatory and for helping us to understand how things are moving forward into um, whatever obesity strategies we see come forward from this point. Thank you very much. Thank you.